0: Thank you very much, Joel Nelson. Welcome to hour number two of the program here on a sunny day in Pittsburgh. It's 412-928-9370. That is the hotline. It's also the text line. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Also, Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township or visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. And a big thank you to our show sponsors, PNC Bank. Make today the day at PNC Bank. Check out their virtual wallet. It is a difference maker. And I forgot to put my phone on silent. Did you just hear that ringtone? It's good that I changed it because it was a ringtone that you wouldn't have liked, Joe, before that. <laughs> uh, also, want to thank number one Cochrane shop 24-7 with Expressway, at Cochran.com. A lot to get into. Uh, I want to read some of the tweets we've gotten. Kevin Humble on Twitter, at Katie Palm, hits me up and says, Bob, if Sean Payton can turn Wilson around at $33 million a year, the loss of draft picks would be okay. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, but they have a lot of things on that team that need to change, Uh, and they don't have many draft picks with which to do it. I suppose you can sign some players. I suppose you can go that direction, but I think Sean Payton has a big challenge on his hand. With regard to the Penguins, Balboa, the Italian stallion, hits me up on Twitter. Says, does Hextal even know what's going on? Carter can't play anymore. He needs to bring Ty Smith up and another forward or two. Let them play, trade Bluger, trade Ruger, get, uh, Ruda, get some cap space. Well, they, they, made a, they made a deal with all these guys that cost them a lot of money. Carter, looking back, was not a good signing. Kapanen was not a good signing. Right there, you save yourself about $5 million that you could do some stuff with. They brought in Rutu. They got Jeff Petrie at a high contract based on a trade with Matheson there. Um, you know, you stuck right where you're stuck right now. And again, the, the problem does not lie with the with the three superstars who've been here for all these years. They're playing well enough. It's the, you know, complementary staff right now, the third and fourth line, guys not producing uh, defensively. You know, I, I really like Brian Dumoulin a lot, but he's not the same player he was a couple of years ago. Uh, they need some young blood. They do. But the problem is they haven't been able to draft a lot of it, given all their... Uh, mortgaging future in order to win, which worked out. They got two Stanley Cups, and again, I, I remember talking to people said there is a time when when you max out your credit card, you're going to have to pay, and it's going to come at some point, point. and maybe we're starting to reach that with regard to younger players in their system. They don't have many that should be – they should have more up here that are playing right now. They need to rely on some of those guys, and they haven't done it, and the problem there lies in that when Mike Sullivan gets some of them, I think he is veteran savvy there. He wants veterans on – Uh, the ice as opposed to younger guys you know if you're going to bring them up let them play I would let them play maybe they should have done that at the beginning of the season bottom line is they got some issues and and they're clinging to a second wild card Buffalo could have overtaken them the other night but they lost at home to Carolina but the Bengals are gonna have to do some work to get in and when you do get in you certainly don't want to be the second wild card which means your first round matchup will be the Boston Bruins most likely the way the Bruins have played this year with Linus Olmark in goal he's been terrific so you know, they want to, you'd like to get to the third position in the Metro, which is still attainable. At least then you take on the second seed, and it would be Pittsburgh Devils, for example, and I like that matchup a little bit better. 412 928 Let's get to Ed in Whitehall, who joins us right now on the fan hotline. Hello, Ed. How are you?
1: All right, Bob. How are you? This is today.
0: Good, good. Thank you.
1: Hey, I uh, was calling. I was thinking about this second pick that the Steelers have off of Chicago. And I was thinking, it seems to have a little, in my opinion, uh, extra value in the fact that uh, they'll have like 20, 24 hours to trade it, to look at players yep. before they have to make their pick. I wanted to see if you thought that that would be something that would be good for them as far as being able to trade it away. They would have 20 hours to trade it away. Um, To look at a player that they really were interested in, they would have a lot more time than the normal time in between rounds. Just wanted to see what you thought about that. And if they would trade it away, what do you think they could get for it?
0: Well, it's almost like having a first-round pick, Ed. So, yeah, that time spent that you're going to get, the first round will end and not until the next night do you get to start the second round, which means they're going to have time to take phone calls. And I would certainly listen to everything that everybody has to say. Uh, about what I'm, but it depends on what they want and what's available to them at that point. They're going to have a lot of time to search it. I think that's a great advantage, and Chicago did them a big favor by not only
1: that's what I giving up too. a
0: second-round pick, but the way they played uh, moved them right up the ladder. So it's a big pick no matter what they do with it. Uh, so they're going to have time, and I think that that in the 17, those are the two most important picks. If you look at last year's draft, they did a pretty good job, actually. You know, They got Kenny Pickett in the first round. They got George Pickens in the second round, both – uh, certainly looking bright for the future. They got um, the Marvin Leal uh, in there, and I think he's going to be a good player moving on. Um, and they got, as an undrafted free agent, um, Jalen Warren, who's uh, pretty much come in and taken over for guys they had there, like Benny Snell and McFarland. So, these drafts are important, and the way Steelers operate, they need to hit on these play. And th- these two picks specifically, seventeen and thirty-two, have got to be big players. If not, then you better make sure you get something in return that would make that trade make sense. So, but they, they have a lot to do even in free agency here. I don't know how much they're going to spend. You got a new regime, even though it has attachments to the previous. I think Omar Khan's pretty smart. He's the guy who pulled off that Chicago trade. Andy Wilde will set up the draft board. He knows a lot about some of these guys. He was with Philadelphia. That should be encouraging to you because he spent time with Howie Roseman and the way they did business there. His, To me, I get the feeling he likes trench games. You know, He wants to get offensive and defensive linemen, and I'd like that too because Philadelphia is a perfect example of what you can do if you have good teams in the trenches. you on that? All right, Ed. That's thank good. you. Appreciate it. You have a good day at 412-928-9370. So – I wanted to talk a little bit about Pitt because I haven't done that yet, and I and I kept saying I'll do it. I want to do it. Pitt Panther basketball uh, is red hot right now. The fact that they're selling out all of a sudden, they've gone from one thousand, two thousand at a game to where they you know had a sellout their last game, and they got some big games coming up against winnable teams like Louisville, which is struggling. They just got their first ACC win the other night, so Pitt is in a position now where not only they're going to look like they're going to be a tournament team, but they may improve their their seed Uh, whereas before it looked to me like you know one of those playing rounds potentially now who knows if they keep going they could be you know a 10th 9th 8th seed uh, in this Big East conference or Big East ACC conference Um, they're not that many great teams the fact that Pitt beat North Carolina twice and they should have beaten Duke down in Cameron Indoor tells you that it's sort of a down year for the ACC and they're not getting the kind of love that you wouldn't normally expect with ACC basketball Clemson is uh, a team that didn't get a lot of top 10 votes. And I thought before this last loss, they suffered. They were a really good team. They beat pit by one here in Pittsburgh. But the Panthers are doing it in ways I didn't think they'd be able to do it. That is good foul shooting. We saw the other day, Jamarius Burton went to the line and hit two critical foul shots at the very end to win it. He was six for six from the line. Overall, they're a pretty good foul shooting team. And from three point range, where they're just taking a lot of shots and making a lot of shots, they lead the ACC in three point shots taken. And they're third in three-point shots made. You normally don't expect that. At least we didn't back in the Jamie Dixon, Ben Howland era. So this team, you know, and they've navigated the transfer portal pretty well. I like it. I like what I've seen from that. And I hope that continues because there's nothing better than having, you know, teams in the NCAA tournament. It it brings a lot of interest to this area. Um, and, And we haven't had that for so long. I think Penn State, if you watched them the other night, they took on Purdue And Penn State's a decent team, but they ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, I have a tweet here from someone. It's, let me find it. It's uh, Nathan. Um, And Nathan says, do you believe in Purdue and what they're doing? I get the feeling Nathan thinks they're kind of overexposed maybe or overrated. They're number one in the country, I think with good reason. Um, They lead the NCAA in road wins. You know they have a guy in the middle and Zach Eady who's as good as anyone. He's just big. He's seven foot four. He's a double double machine. They compliment him, and, and Penn State knows all about Mason Gillis. He's their outside guy, and he had a career night nine threes, I think, part of twenty nine points the other day. They have a good trigger man in, in uh, Brendan Smith. They have a kid from here, Ethan Morton, on their team. But it goes by Zach Eady. If you if you can shoot from the outside, and they've shown they can, all of a sudden Zach Eady in the middle is a real problem because you can't double-team him, leaving guys like Mason Gillis over. So, yeah, I believe in Purdue. I think they're a really good basketball team. Are they capable of winning a national championship? I think that's wide open this year. Again, single elimination, all it takes is one day. And when that one day happens, if you lose, you're in big trouble because you're out. Um, they have the makings of a team that I really believe can be a successful team in the NCAA. That's a long-about way of telling you that, yes, I believe in them. They, I think they're going to be a good team in the NCAA tournament. They should be a number one seed, without a doubt. Uh, West Virginia, that's another story. They've been on, off, up, and down. Not so sure what to think of Bob Huggins' team. Uh, there are times I really like them. TCU is a team I'd watch out for. I think Jamie Dixon has a bunch of sharpshooters on that team. That that team is um, – and they just beat West Virginia after losing to them earlier. But they went to Kansas earlier this year. And, I mean, they just dominated Kansas, winning by over 20 points in um, Lawrence, Kansas. Nobody does that, but they did it. TCU has a really good team, and I'm anxious to watch them go. 412-928-9370 is the number. We'll take more phone calls as we go along here. Nicholas Callis is taking over now for Joel Nelson. So, Nick, welcome inside. I know you got the updates coming up. Um, do you like pit basketball, Nick? I do. I support the team. No, but I do you like them going on to a run? Do you think they can make some noise? Oh, uh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, it just depends on how they shoot. Uh, if they if they end up with twenty two wins and two of them are in the ACC tournament, I think you're looking at a, an eight or nine seed, which is good given where they started from, and they were picked 14th. In the preseason polling all right we'll take a break here coming back with more 412-928-9370 we're asking the question would you trade draft picks for head coaches my answer is a resounding no they're not worth it i won't do it denver did it a first and a second to get sean payton and then they give him one of the largest contracts ever is he worth that and if he does get back on track with russell wilson i guess it would pay for its own money but they got a long way to go in denver do you like those kinds of moves let me know what should ron hextell do with the trade deadline if anything, his hands are kind of tied, in my view. What would you do with that? Welcome back, everyone. We roll right along here until 1 o'clock. Matt Cole's in at 1 o'clock for four hours. Join Folsey. He'd love to talk to you. So you can call him at the same number you're calling me. It's 412-928-9370. Right now we're going to go out to Rob in Morgantown. Hello, Rob. How are you?
2: Good morning. How are you? It's a, It's a balmy 28 degrees in Motown right now.
0: Yeah, not too bad. As long as it's not snowing, you can handle the – it's going to warm up, I'm sure, because it's going to warm up here, so you should be fine.
2: So, many, many moons ago, um, after I finished my stint in the Army as an infantryman, and Army Ranger, I went to WU at the age of 25, and my senior year, I was assistant head resident of the dormitory, and I had the basketball team on my floor. Bob Huggins was never a problem because he was number there. But – the reason why I tell you that, um, I believe that he should get on with his life's work. And here's why. First of all, he's, remember Ray Meyer DePaul? Sure. Head coach. Yep. He looks like Ray Meyer. He needs, to, he needs to lose. He needs to slim down. But anyways, he's got a critical game tonight against Oklahoma uh, at, at Morgantown. And, you know, Joe Lenardi. I was stunned to see that he's got 10 teams from the big time slotted to, to make the, uh, the tournament. He's got, he's got eight teams from the big 12. And what really surprises me is he's got W as one of the last four teams in, and I just don't see it. Now, I saw the something that Huggy did on Pitt early in December, and I was, you know, God, you know, kudos to Jeff Capel, but I didn't think that Pitt had a snowball's chance watching that game. So kudos to him. But what I wanted to talk to you about, Huggins recently told me and a few other people at a local watering hole that last year there were 1,800 kids that hit the transport portal. There are still 600 that didn't land anywhere. Did you know that?
0: I knew there were a lot. I didn't know it was that that number. What's your point there?
2: Well, the point is, is that he said NIL has adversely affected And the transfer portals adversely affected the kids. He was telling me about a kid from up in western Pennsylvania that had a chance to get a scholarship, and he wound up having to walk on next year at Iowa. And so these kids who are basically kind of left with nothing uh, because they're allocating three scholarships to NIL, I mean transfer portal people. And so that's one of the downsides according to Huggins. Um, All right, well,
0: again, I get back to, to your original point, Rob. You don't think they should be in consideration, and neither do I at this point. They still have some work right. they can do to improve their status. But when they played Pitt, I remember that game pretty vividly. Pitt was run out of the building, I thought, here. West Virginia dominated them. Uh, right. I also remember a Michigan game where Pitt got dominated, and now things have changed. So, But as far as West Virginia is concerned, I don't know why there's so much love to the Big 12, to be honest. Um, I think there should be a little bit more handed to the ACC. Um, I know all these teams are capable of being one another on any given night, but I see more talent, at least I do, on some of the individual players of some of the key teams of the ACC than I do the Big 12. Now, that's saying I still like Big 12, don't get me wrong. I think TCU, as I just said, is a very good basketball team. And West Virginia has been kind of in a rut, though, for the last several years. I still very much respect Bob Huggins. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I think he knows what he's doing. But I think in order to get where you need to go next, you got to get much better talent.
2: Correct. And I'll leave you with this: um, we had we had a basketball player that was recruited by John Beeline, uh, who was who, who basically Bob Huggins inherited. Current head coach of the Boston Celtics, Joe Masullo. Yes. And he was wanted. He basically got. He basically did two bad acts, very two bad acts. And so the reason why I tell you this story, there is redemption in this world, <laughs> in the sports world. And the Celtics are a, you know, a good, damn good team at this point. Yeah,
0: but they're they're trending in the wrong direction right now in the Eastern Conference. They lost to Phoenix last night, got blown out at home. And they're just – I worry if I'm a Celtics fan, I worry about them. I don't think they're going to emerge from the East. That's another topic. Well, I'm glad you talk day.
2: NBA – I'm glad you talk NBA uh, – because you're the only person that'll talk NBA. God bless you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I would love talking to you. I think there's some very good talent, some very interesting teams on both conferences right now. So uh, this is not going to – and then I see Kyrie Irving doing his stuff, and it drives me nuts. Kyrie Irving should just not be such a thorn in the side. And if you're a team that wants him right now, and I know teams want him, he's a tremendously talented guy. There's no doubt. But, man, he brings a lot of problems. And you have to factor that in, plus what it's going to cost to get him. He wants out of Brooklyn. The Lakers seem to be interested. You know, the Lakers got uh, – LeBron James is carrying them at age 38. Tremendous season. Once again, he's 63 points away from the all-time record. But, man, uh, you shouldn't be relying on a 38-year-old to do it. And give him kudos for being the kind of a, a shot producer he's – and scoring producer he's been out there in L.A. But uh, I hate to see players do it. In the NBA, you see it all the time. James Harden went through this shenanigans where he's forcing his way out all the time. You got a contract deal with it. Okay. They don't want to extend you the way you want it. Wait till the end of the season before this happens, but no, they've got to go out and become a disturbance and it's a bad thing. And then if he leaves, what happens to Kevin Durant? You know, he's one of those guys who, you know, he, he wants him there and he's not going to be there. So what does that mean for Durant? He's going to go someplace else. It's just so over the top drama in the NBA at times. Steve joins us right now in the car. What's up, Steve? How are you? Welcome to the program.
1: I wanted to talk about the Steelers defense. I wanted to use NASCAR, for example. If you had NASCAR out there and you put some of the best parts in it and the most money there is into that car and your driver kept coming in the middle of the pack every time, <laughs> you get rid of the driver, except for maybe one person. That would be the Steelers. Why we keep the defensive coach, which I don't believe it's even him. I believe it's Tomlin. I mean, you got... You got to have, he needs to go. Like Aaron's, he under, you know, Aaron's had numbers too, but they felt like he underperformed, so they have to move. This is what's going on with Tomlin. He's underperformed with the defense with some the, of the best parts and most money. In, and we haven't talked about why there's no talk about getting rid of a defensive coach yet. Well, you know, honestly, I I believe they
0: underachieved. I agree with what you're saying. And I think generally my biggest criticism of Mike is that his coaching staff is never, uh, you know, at the level it should be. Uh, And that's both offensively and defensively. I think there should be more guys out there.
1: He's Uh, personally keeping Canada there because he owes them something. He owes us something. And that's to have a team that – You 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 might very well be disappointed if you're thinking it's going to be the same next year, Steve.
0: Because I think they're going to be a lot better next year. I do. That doesn't mean they're going to get to the playoffs because this division is so hard. Need
1: to be because you got. He seems like he can't play chess with the big boys, and you got Lamar Watson and Burrow. That's in your own. Well, they've beaten Lamar. They've beaten
0: Lamar Jackson pretty well, and I wonder what the Ravens are going to do there with that situation. Joe Burrow is a problem. There's no question about that.
1: But I, I, I think. They need to find an offensive coordinator because, I mean, yeah, he has numbers, but when you have one of the best quarterbacks, the best receiver, the best running back, and a pro bowl line in front of you to work with, anyone can throw them numbers off. Now he's missing some pieces, and you see what's
0: going on. Well, thanks for the call. We'll see what happens in this draft in this offseason. It's a very big one for the Steelers as they try to add to what is a very good young offensive talent pool, I believe, and I think it'll take a a step forward next year as far as the defense you're right it was underachieving based on what they put into it but it's also top heavy when it comes to salary which leads to problems Uh, and they have an Alex Highsmith issue to deal with now and they're going to have to restructure contracts this is the way it goes in the NFL there are a lot of teams that fall into the same kind of situation it's difficult very difficult to win which leads us to San Francisco another point I wanted to bring up because I I think that the NFL needs to make uh, not that this would have solved their issue. Because they were already down to Josh Johnson, they were down to their fourth string quarterback. No, yeah, what's he going to do with all the injuries? But they need to they need to have more more quarterbacks on the roster. They need to up it. They have forty seven on game day; it should be fifty three. Just make them all active. What the, what's the difference? You know, if you have three quarterbacks active, that's fine. It it eliminates this emergency quarterback thing that happens once in a while. San Francisco got really messed up with the injury. There's no question about that, and it hurt them. They're a good team. Again, it's a reminder how difficult it is to win because everything's got to line up perfectly. Let's go to Joe in Verona. joins us right now on the Fan Hotline. What's up, Joe? Welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Bob. How you doing? Long time. Listen, uh, two things. One quick hockey, one quick baseball. When they, uh, <laughs> when Ron Hexto became our general manager, I couldn't believe it. He stunk at, at Philadelphia. They're still bad. He should have kept McCann. He should have kept Rodriguez, Tanny, and he kept Carter and uh, Capitan. And... I don't see anything in this guy. He's like brain dead. No one can figure him out. All the sports show talks are wondering where he's at. So why they hired him, I don't know. And the second question, Bob, then I'll let you go, is uh, Colin Cower, I think that was the program I was looking at one day, and, and they were talking about like there was four or five teams who won over 100 games in baseball, which is, you know, like, wow. And the thing is, like he said, well, there's eight clubs that are triple A. <laughs> and he was right. And I know the Pirates are one. And it's really sad that, we have a journalist, radio host, a mayor. No one wants fight to fight the commissioner, sue baseball to get rid of this creep that we have for an owner, and he's, and he's bl- blood-sucking our city, and there's no businesses during the summer. When there's, if you have a good team, you get businesses. And it's just uh, sad. that We just seem to, like, lost our, our desire for a baseball team here. No one fights. And Hexto, he's bad, uh, Bob. And that's all I got to say, and thanks again.
0: <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, Hexto, I think, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, which I still think they will, but if they don't, you could see some major changes going on there. Uh, Teams like the Penguins absolutely need playoff revenue. If you don't get it, you're ultimately responsible for it. Now, I also think he had his hands tied a little bit about bringing back those three guys. Uh, They didn't have to bring back Malkin and Letang. They chose to, and that's fine. They're all playing well enough to justify that. But when you do that, you better get your rest of your team in a you know complimentary role, and right now that's just not happening with their bottom two lines and a lot of their defense, uh, they're breaking down too much. I, you know, go to games, you watch the Penguins, you can blame Casey the Smith all you want, but in some of the games that I've witnessed, it is just hanging your goaltender out to dry. Guys completely unchecked in front of the goal. We saw it with San Jose when San Jose is a bad hockey team, and they came in here and they beat the Penguins, and four of their goals were just people unmarked in front, just given all kinds of time. Eric Carlson's one of them. You can't do that. Uh, Noah Greger was left all alone on a – no defenseman to be found anywhere. They've got issues there, and they need to change that. And if they don't, Ron Hextall could very well pay the price for that at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. With regard to the Pirates, um, I hear you, Joe. I say the same thing. I'm sick and tired of watching them not spend money. Uh, And I'm sorry, you owe it to your fan base to spend some. I realize they're going to rely on kids. Those kids better come up and play then. If that's the case, come up and play. I don't want to see a bunch of veteran guys just come in here because they're veteran guys, and it looks like they're trying to fill the gap. They need if, – if this general manager, Ben Sherrington, has done his job properly, it's about time we start seeing some of them. And I think you will. At least I hope you will. And if not, I mean, I don't know where this goes. Uh, the pressure should come from baseball itself, however. The pressure should come from the uh, from the commissioner of this. He's in charge of it. And yeah, all commissioners, you know, they're in the pockets of the owners. But man, if you think about the best interest of baseball, this is not it. This is not it at all. It's a tough sport to watch to begin with. But when your team's eliminated in May most every year, that's not good. It's not good for business. And I don't care that New York and Boston and L.A. are always there. Go ahead. Serve your big markets all you want. But you also have other members, and they should be equal members. And this whole thing has gotten completely out of whack in terms of the haves and the have-nots, and it's going to be that way until it changes. And I don't see anyone showing any interest in making a change. Let's quickly go out to the counselor who joins us before we go to a commercial break. What's up, counselor? What's going on? Hey, Bob. How are you? Good.
4: Thanks. Listen, um, my point on three things of uh, Steelers. First, if Joey Porter Jr. or somebody of the same caliber is there as a cornerback at 17, fine. No problem. If that's better than the tackle that's available at that time, then the tackle becomes the 32nd pick or vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. And then to address the defensive line maybe on the third round, okay? Um, regarding um, the Pirates, which you just finished talking about, uh, it'll do no good to bring up those kids if you're not going to keep the one guy in my opinion who's their best ball player which is Brian Reynolds if you trade Brian Reynolds by the uh what a trading deadline whatever it is in my opinion all you're going to do is i would be if i was a fan pretty well act off okay because you're going to watch these kids granted but you're 2 years down the road again at least okay because you know
0: well, um, and here's the thing to support that. Brian's going to be gone too. With Brian Reynolds, he's 27. It's not like he's 32. You still can sign him, and if you want to at some point trade him down the road, you can. Point is, they should just when you see someone who could be a centerpiece of your team, uh, sign him uh, before he gets to the point. They just they'll do the, the the early signings to take arbitration away. But when it gets later into the free agency, when it would cost more, they're not willing to do it. And here's a perfect example, someone who should be willing to do it. And if you do trade him, now you got a vacancy out there. And all of a sudden, you better expect young. You just kick everything down the road another year or two years, wherever their expectation of year is. Counselor, I'm up against it, but thank you. I appreciate your thoughts as always. 412-928-9370. A big thank you to PNC Bank. Make today the day. PNC, check out Virtual Wallet. It is a game changer on your finances. And number one, Cochrane Shop 24-7 with Expressway at Cochrane. We have Jeff and Jeanette coming up. More calls on the way until 1 o'clock. This is the Bob Pompey Show, Sports Radio, 93.7 The Fan. Big thank you to PNC Bank. Make today the day. Number one, Cochrane Shop 24-7 with Expressway at Cochrane.com. Coming up, we'll tell you the weather forecast, although if you look outside, you see it's sunny. What do you think of Tom Brady? I still think, and this is going to be an unpopular take in Pittsburgh, but I think Chris Collinsworth is terrific at what he does. I still think he's good, and you're shaking your head, Nick. Don't tell me that you think he has something against the Steelers because that's nonsense. That's no, what people that's not say. Why. What do you What do you say?
5: Uh, I just remember in the Super Bowl when he had it destined, the Seahawks were going to win, you know, because they had the ball, they were close to the end zone, they were about to score, and he's like, "Oh, Russell Wilson's on his way to his second Super Bowl championship," just talking, foreshadowing, and then the pick happens, and he kept. You should have thrown at to Marshawn, not worried about the Patriots doing well and being neutral. He's like, nope, you don't lose the game on a pass like that. You lose the game with your star running back. Didn't like that.
0: Well, whatever. I mean, no matter who you are, you're going to take criticisms. Tony Romo's taking his share right now. Um, I'm just curious, Tom Brady, those of you out there, what do you think Tom Brady's going to be like? $37 million a year. My goodness. 412-928-9370, that's just one of the things we're talking about. I did not like at all the NHL All-Star Skills competition. I thought it was too much drama, too much theatrical stuff. They had Matthew Kachuk in beach apparel. They had David Pasternak dressing up like Happy Gilmore. They had Mitch Marner uh, in a Miami Vice uniform, and they had Sidney Crosby in a dunk tank. Come on. Is that what we got here? And it's not much better in the NFL with dodgeball and flag folk. Just... You know, it's not worth watching. It just isn't. I struggled last night to watch that. What about you at 412 928 Let's go to Jeff and Jeanette, who joins us right now. Hello, Jeff. How are you?
5: I'm doing good, Bob. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you.
5: Hey, I wanted to weigh in. You know, you were talking about the Penguins, and I was telling the call trainer, you know, I'm not the biggest, you know, hockey aficionado, but, you know, you mentioned the third and fourth lines, you know what I mean, being part of the problem, and also, you know, Defending around the goal, but you know, why aren't we bringing some younger players up? I know we got a good, you know, uh, core down there.
0: No, not necessarily so. Really? I mean, they haven't drafted a lot of people in the last several years because they mortgaged those pieces to win when they won, which is fine. But there's always a payback, and a come up and and this is it. They don't, you know, they're counting on certain guys who are not yet ready or at least haven't been given a chance to. Maybe it's them not giving them a chance. I like Ty Smith when he's up here. I want to see more of him. They brought up Drew O'Connor and given him a more prominent role. They should. They had John Gruden up here. They gave him three minutes and sent him back down.
5: But Well, if if the third and fourth line aren't aren't performing as, as it appears, that seems to be a place to go right now just to, you know, Add a spark down there. You know what I mean. If they're first and second line. Yeah, but
0: I don't think Mike Sullivan would do that. I think all these points are precious. He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, instead go to veterans who've been there, and done that, even though they're not doing that at this point. You know what I mean? It, this is for him. Probably not the right time to be ch- to, to be given a lot of authority to young players. They should have played some of these guys earlier in the season. I've always felt that it's a long season. Get them up here, see what they got, and don't limit their ice time.
5: Okay, so that is Solomon's decisions uh, specifically. Well, and doesn't have he, He's the guy who controls
0: uh, who plays what. You know, in terms of ice time. Yes, head coaches control okay. ice time. Okay, I'm just saying team they, team they team. they're so they got a lot of veteran guys, and as a result, they block some of the younger guys. But then again, I don't know if these guys are worth being blocked because they haven't. If you're that good, you should be up here by now. I've been waiting for Nathan Lagare for a long time. Have not seen him. Sam Poulin was the guy we're supposed to bring up here, and not you know not around yet. How long does it take? So,
5: so, so we just whittled the we just whittled it to the end, and we're just kind of like right there at the end of it, and not too many
0: options. Well, no, I, I like I said, the, they prefer veterans. That's what they did. They brought in, you know, Jeff Carter, and they re-signed him. Kapanen uh-huh. hasn't earned what they gave him, and yet he's making three million. There was no explanation for that. They brought in veteran defensemen who cost a lot, Jeff Petrie and Jan Ruda. Fine, but nobody's. You know, you got to put up better performances as a team than they're putting up. And hopefully there's someone in her system to come up and and make a big splash. Their success of 16 and 17 when they won back-to-back Cups had a lot to do with an infusion of energy, of youth. They had guys come up and were really good players right off the bat. And, you know, one of them was Connor Sherry. Another one was Tom Kunackle. Later it was Jake Gensel. You need guys like that to come up and not just come up but, but make a role for themselves. I got
5: you. All right, Well, All right. I, I I was just serious. Like I said, I'm not the I'm not the hot guy. No, but guy. I appreciate
0: I'm it. Working. No, you're right. I mean, they got to do something. And that could, that would be a good answer if they had guys out there who would take the answer and run with it. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Let's go out to Dave in Monroeville he joins us right now on the Bob Pompiani show. Hey, Dave. David. Hello, Dave. Are you there?
2: They're predict Yeah, you are there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Pirates have their own predicament, and they have no one else to blame them but themselves. Because when you look at baseball, you know in the last nine years, eight different teams have won the World Series, and none of those teams were from New York. So when people start jumping up and down that baseball is like a a stacked deck going in, it really isn't. Yes, it is. Uh, the Pirates are it's the Pirates stacked. Are it's stacked in the- that
0: you could buy a division championship, I think, fairly easily. You know, maybe World Series are difficult because you're whittling down to a best of seven, and things can change in best of seven, Dave. But the league itself is at fault for a lot of this, although I will agree with you. You also have an opportunity as an ownership group to do what you want. No one's limiting what you pay or spend. That's your choice. In fact, if you're in it, you should want to spend. You're making enough freaking money. You should want
2: to spend, and you should should not be – afraid to draft players because you think you can't sign them you know when it comes down to the money thing you know the dodgers spend more than anybody else and look how long they went without winning a world
0: championship But they win division long... after division after division that's my point is yeah, money well, right, will buy they, you they, they, money they are, can buy you entry into the tournament there's no doubt about that not winning it is a different story
2: yeah i'll leave you with one bit of trivia bob that uh you know, the last uh, the last, the last uh, draftee of the Montreal Expos just retired from professional sports, and that was Tom Brady. Uh, he, he was drafted by the Expos, and he was the last Expos wow. draftee to still be playing professional sports. So that does, gives you an idea how long that guy's been around.
0: <laughs> I didn't Thanks, know that. Bob. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. At 412-928-9370, let's go out to Matt in Manor. He wants to talk about All-Star Games and some of the crap we've been watching on TV. What's up, Matt?
5: Hey, Bob. How you doing today, sir? Good. How are you? I uh, can't complain, thank you. Can't complain. I just wanted to say I greatly appreciate the chance to talk to you. You're an icon in this city, and uh, no, we all love you, man.
0: Thank you, Matt. That's so uh, kind of you.
5: Absolutely. Hey, this whole dog-and-pony show that's become these all-star games is a travesty, man, unfortunately. A good friend of mine—I'm a millennial, uh, so I was following it more on Twitter than I was actually watching it last night. A good friend of mine said, I'd rather watch The Office for the 5,000th time than watch this nonsense. I mean— It's the same thing with the NBA All-Star game. You know, nobody's playing defense. They're just out here having a good time. The Pro Bowl is non-existent. These guys are just out here basically. You know, they're playing dodgeball. The only things of these that actually are enjoyable to watch are the small fractional things they do, like the home run derby, the dunk contest. I actually enjoyed watching the speed skating last night. That was kind of interesting. But other than that, I mean, you know, Matt Kachuk's out here skating around in – uh, uh, Hawaiian shirt, and <laughs> it just it, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, I'm like Miami Vice
0: a, dunk contest. more about the playing golf with a, it, yeah. You know, and and I get it. It, it, it. You know, you have to look at it from this point of view, and this is the way it is. The these corporate sponsors love this stuff, and as leagues, I, you want to make make them happy. They're spending money on you, so it's almost like a, an opportunity to go and hang with some of these guys. But what it's become is certainly. Nothing like the sport itself. And to be honest with you, I don't know that people want to spend time on television. A lot of these television uh, stations are not interested in this kind of stuff, but they are they're they have to take it because it's part of the deal. The league forces you to take them. So I don't know. I, I just I can't watch it anymore. I, I think if I'm going to choose one that I want, I, I, I like the skills competition and the dunk contest, but I want more people who are good dunkers to dunk. In fact, many of them don't. Well, that's
5: the thing. Even, like, the best dunkers in the league, John Morant, Zion Williamson, he's got Zach Levine. They don't even want to be involved. They're like, why am I going to risk injury to potentially get a couple more minutes of screen time when they don't really need it? Their profile is their own to decide in today's day and age. It's not like they're building a network or building any type of status because of it. Everybody knows John Morant can dunk. I mean – I don't really see even that, and I'd say that's one of the more enjoyable things, like the home run derby. Like we all know, Aaron Judge can hit the hell out of the ball. We don't need to see him do it with somebody throwing him at seventy-five miles an hour, lobbing in things. Like yeah. it just does. It's not as enjoyable, and I I agree with what you said. It's so corporate. It's so so much more about the pageantry than the skill
0: involved. But well, here is the other that's thing that's become too corporate: is the fact that all these major things, whether it's a Super Bowl or any high event that you're going to play in sports has become so corporate you price the regular fan out of it. You look at did you look at some of the prices of these Super Bowl tickets, the face value? I mean, it's insane oh, yeah. what they're what they're asking for and they're going to go for more than that on the open market. So, I think that's that's because not good for business.
5: The, the one that blew me away, and I truly will never understand this, the ticket right now to go see LeBron surpass Kareem at the all-time leading scorer in the NBA is going for $92,000. And I'm looking at that like that's more than half of Americans earn in a single year. How is anybody supposed to enjoy that?
0: Well, they figure somebody's going to pay it, and they're normally right. You remember when Mike Krzyzewski had his final game at Duke, what people were paying for to go watch that? Yeah. I mean, that's even Absolutely. a coach standing there. Anyway, real quick, I'm going to end with this because you're an NBA fan, it sounds like to me. If I gave you a choice, Matt, between John ja Morant, Luka Doncic, or I'm going to throw in Nikola Jokic in there, those three, which one would you take? To
5: start a franchise or to win a championship right now?
0: Um, That's a good question. I'll say to win a championship.
5: Right now, I would say Luka Doncic because I think he's probably, out of all three of those, the most skilled. I'd say John Moran if I was starting a franchise because he's the most captivating to watch. I mean, he might go out and drop 45 and have two highlight reel dunks. And Jokic is probably the most solid player in the NBA right now all around I mean, He's the only center averaging, I think, more than 10 assists. So you're watching a guy like that saying, I mean, I'd love to have him on my team, but for – the win ability and being the best player out of those three that you mentioned, I would probably have to choose Luka Doncic.
0: That's a very astute call you just made there, and I, I agree with, uh, when I think about Jokic, he's the most well-rounded person. He can do a lot, uh, and he's one of the best passers I've ever seen for being someone at seven feet or, or near there. So, oh, I don't
5: think anybody ever like him has been in the league before. I mean, they talk about Ralph Sampson and how great and dominant he was, and he got the same rebound numbers, but... I don't think anybody's court vision, other than maybe LeBron, is like Jokic right now, where he's literally setting guys up to be better being on the on the court.
0: And it helps to have Jamal Murray back for that team. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the conversation. You have a good weekend. That's going to wrap it up here. Thanks to Nicholas Callis. Harry Callis, as Joe he likes to call you. And a reminder, Joe Starkey will be on our number one Cochrane Sports Showdown tomorrow night, 1135 KDKA. Uh, He'll be on along with Will Graves and Jason Mackey. We have a lot to get into tomorrow night on KDKA-TV, so join us for that.